Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, welcome back. Five o'clock hour here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The uh, just got an email from Tanika, who we had on in the last half hour talking about her uh, books for kids campaign, and she just received an email from a gentleman in Winston Salem, North Carolina. Henry Davis was listening in, so uh, give Henry right a shout out from Winston Salem, North Carolina, listening in uh, to Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six nine. Put him on the roll call list. Roll call it is. We need to have like a like a map. I with know the, we gotta do that. You know. Like we we'll get we get a I map mean, like pins, and yeah. then we can kind of pretend like we're like uh, you know in one of those shows like NCIS or yeah. FBI oh, like or, or like, like, uh, what's you, the what's the movie with uh what, what's the Harrison Ford movie, um, where he's on the run, Fugitive. Oh, Fugitive, Fugitive, yep. Fugitive. There we go. I like, like that. Like where you could be like ZZ Top, bad and nationwide. I like that, man. <laughs> I love the references, man. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we don't get with all due respect to Coos, you never get that with. Speaking Coos. of Coos, yeah, are we ready for a TJ McConnell box oh, score man. breakdown yeah. or what? So I think we're gonna do it tomorrow, but since Coos isn't here right now, okay. you know he's doing his thing. But TJ McConnell, sir, and you want to talk about the most? And I, I tweeted him this, like, because he, he's obviously getting my face now. He's got the yeah. same on his drama rant. Is there anything more extra? As an NBA player, than getting a triple double with steals in Ten the categories. I never saw you tweeted something or texted or shared something back at us. Yeah, like how rare is that? Oh, no. I thought maybe that's what you did. I no, no. What, what I did was so TJ McConnell, you know, triple double last night, including steals, and then Kuz yeah, tried to put steals. in my face. Yeah, Kuz tried to put in my face, and I said I'm not worried because Giannis has four, four triple doubles. Oh, four triple doubles. Yeah, but not with steals. Not with steals. No. Who who gets over five steals a game? Like Come I, on. I wonder. I have to look that up. I yeah. can't imagine it's much. Elias, where are you? Yeah. The sure. sports bureau must say there can't. That cannot have been done very often. Yeah. In the NBA, that was yeah. quite impressive. I might go buy a TJ McConnell jersey myself. Right? Are you kind of inspired <laughs> right now? Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. He's not the biggest dude out there. Maybe probably not the most athletic, but the guy plays hard. Like, good is he developing him. into a good player though for them? Let's, because let's like, not lose our heads here. Let's keep I it felt within. like he was the 11th guy on the bench in Philly when this all came about two years ago, and now he's putting up triple doubles, and he had like that 12 assist game, I think it was, yeah. or 15 assist. I game. mean, he's he's gonna mess around and start to be in starting territory pretty soon because he's still coming off the bench. Off yeah. the bench, triple double, bro. I tell you what, that jersey you got, Coos. I mean, it's going up. You I might mean, want to put it on eBay or something. Exactly. Well, it cost me. A, I mean, it didn't cost me a lot, but it took a lot of my time up because remember it got lost <laughs> yes, in the mail because it was coming from overseas. You thought it was lost. Oh, I thought my credit card was stolen. Too. I know. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, I we asked earlier about Big Ben Ross. We were talking about Deshaun Watson, but are there some? Like, basically, we're we're saying okay, there's. QBs that look like they might be on the move. Heck, even Russell Wilson. I still think I, this story is so bizarre to me. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. And yet the smoke continues to come out. Well, on, and have you seen the latest now? Yeah. Like, Seattle's disappointed with Russell Wilson again. That was the latest headline. But then there was a, a report that basically said, hey, they're shopping him. But then Diana Rossini came back out. Not what I've heard. Other teams are calling and they might be listening. Yeah. They're not necessarily shopping. Again. This thing, I believe, is just a media circus deal. I would be stunned. I've already lost many houses on a bet. I would put my house on the, I don't think he's leaving Seattle. 
I don't. But we've seen enough in the QB carousel going on. What I'm interested in here today is what about the guys that should be in the QB carousel but aren't? Yeah, I'm curious because you, you have this one name who you said we're not t- well, really talking about. I think this fits kind of the today the big Ben Roethlisberger conversation. Sure. Like, I believe – I'm not saying Ben should go play for another team. I kind of feel like the Steelers, if they want to get better sooner, mm-hmm. if they want to start – pivoting the organization, now is the time to do it. I understand there might be a loyalty to Ben, just one more chance to see. I don't think that exists. That's up for debate. They obviously do. They're getting him a little bit cheaper, so why not one more go around, I guess. like I can see some of the logic for Pittsburgh. I think they're making a mistake. If you want to pivot and turn quicker, well, they're just going to put this off for another year Mm -hmm. or maybe two in terms of that turn and pivot. The one that I am a little bit surprised we're not hearing more about is somebody that we've heard a lot about over the last couple of years and have things smoothed out so much that now he's the guy. I can't think who this is. Derek Carr. Ah. John Gruden, Derek Carr. It never seemed like it was working. Like it was the you'd hear a report here, report there. Gruden wasn't uh, sold on. He brings in Mariota for yeah. seven and a half million dollars. Well, yeah. you haven't heard anything from Gruden. Haven't heard any rumors other than initial like hope and thoughts and long shot deals from Raider fans. I think to say maybe we can get Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Can we trade Derek Carr for like two ones? Well, nobody was doing that. So, and then Mayock comes out. I think either today or yesterday. And says he thinks he's really good. Yeah. And 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 shows support for Derek Carr. Like they're the not looking to shop him at all. I have the quote right here. Um, I think Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, and we're happy with him. I think John Gruden and I would stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. Exact quote from Mike Mayock. I mean that wow. is that is a lot different, a different than tune. a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and credit to Derek Carr, who, you know, we had Jason Fitz on all the time, and he's a big Raiders fan. He says people aren't talking about Carr, but he had a really good year. Like True. Raiders fans, I think, are happy with Derek Carr. Yeah. But are you surprised that with all the quarterbacks out there, with the potential for Watson to be out there, with whether it was Stafford, uh, whether it was Goff, yeah. Wentz, Garoppolo, Heck, if you want to throw Russell Wilson, if you want to see if Carolina wants to dance with Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston could be available, I guess. Uh, Sam Darnold, all of those guys, whether you like them or not, are you surprised? The the guy that is supposedly the guru, one of the QB gurus and John Gruden and never seems satisfied, yeah. isn't in the mix to go try to upgrade and get one of those guys. I am a little bit. And maybe that just says how much that we don't pay attention uh, to Derek Carr. But, you know, like, you know, John Gruden is the quarterback whisperer. And when you have names like Russell Wilson, when you have names like Deshaun Watson, you think that Gruden would be like the first guy that's like pounding on the table for those guys because those guys can make a difference. But once again, and, and you can call it, you know, an under the radar type of season for Derek Carr. But when you look at the numbers, 27 touchdowns, nine interceptions, over 4,000 yards passing. A lot of teams in the NFL would take that right now, would take yeah. that in a heartbeat. They had a nice season. It's just but I, I don't – but I can't put a finger on it. I, I don't know why it's – I don't know, Brent. Like, I, I, like to me, that, that's quiet, though. Like, I haven't talked about Derek Carr. Like, well, you said Jason Fitz, because Jason Fitz is a Raiders fan, so he has every right to talk about Derek Carr. 
<clears throat> but how many guys are in sports that, yeah, Derek Carr had a great year. Expect big things from him next year again. I'm not doing it. Well, and that's the thing. It's not about, okay, nice job, good year, guys have good years, and and I don't think it should be dismissed. But it's where do you stand on the upside? This is all about upside. This is why I don't think the Ben Roethlisberger sticking with Pittsburgh is a good idea one more year. I'm not – that the golf thing is – Weird to me for Detroit to to start a regime with Jared Goff mm-hmm. after one, including a QB guru, doesn't want him. Yeah. Like that's weird. Uh, the Wentz upside is there. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be there. I debate whether it's going to be there, but I can see why people would say it's there. If you wanted to go for Sam Darnold and say the Jets have been a mess, he's been put in a bad situation. We think the kid's got talent. Let's go make a move for him. Okay, I can buy that. I can buy that. Uh, the superstardom already is there for guys like Deshaun Watson. I don't know if anybody feels like this crazy upside ceiling for Derek Carr, yet it feels like Las Vegas is very satisfied to be in the position they are. And are you going places if Derek Carr, who's coming off a nice season, yeah. continues to have those kinds of seasons? Or do you need more out of that position to get where you really want to go, especially in a division with Patrick Mahomes? See, to me... It's the Kirk Cousins effect. Kirk Cousins last year, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Not a bad year. One could argue maybe a better year than Derek Carr. But, like, we don't talk about Kirk Cousins as being a top five, maybe even a top ten quarterback. No. Right? Now, yes, sometimes the ceiling is great for Kirk Cousins, but like you don't expect that he's the guy that's going to lead Minnesota to a Super Bowl. And I, I feel I, it. And I kind of feel the same way about Derek Carr. Yeah, that's good. So... I man, I, I don't know. I don't know if you base the philosophy on, okay, Derek Carr, top 15 quarterback, no problem saying that. Top 10, eh, maybe I'm not on the outside, but close. Like, do you have enough around him to make that run? I'm not sure if you do or not. But when I see guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, like, you get the sense that those guys are capable. Those guys are more than capable if you provide them with enough talent to be successful. With Derek Carr... I just don't know even if you have the talent around him if he's successful enough. But but like you said, I mean he had the, his, possibly his best career last year, so who knows? Yeah, I I think of this. So I've got Ben Roethlisberger on this list. It might be time to move on to organization if you want to get better. I think Derek Carr could be on this list because I don't know where his ceiling is. Congrats on a good year. We like where we're at. Yeah. But if they're again in in an off season where quarterbacks are on the move, it feels like yep. it feels like a possibility to upgrade. I would say the same thing. By the way. I think you could at least wonder, and they know him better than all of us. We've just seen stats about Tua. Could mm-hmm. could could they pull in Arizona and say, "All right, we can do better." Now we might see that in the draft. Sure. Remember Ben Roethlisberger though as well. Even though he felt like he had a rough year, thirty-three touchdowns, ten interceptions, over thirty hundred yards passing. So, like with that being said, I mean we're sitting here. I think we both agree. I mean, is the Ben Roethlisberger experiment kind of done should they move on a different direction probably but you see the numbers last year and it's like whoa how bad was he really yeah uh, listen i think you can uh i i don't think he was bad last year i really like i i didn't have this yeah. perception that he's bad it's like where is he going where's i mean if you look at these guys' stocks like where's ben roethlisberger's stock mm-hmm. It sure as heck ain't going up anymore. So do you think Derek Carr's stock can go up? Well, that's, or, the, that's what, what I'm seen? asking. Yeah. Like, I don't see it high. Like, I see it as a steady stock, mm. but nothing that's going to make the big jump mm-hmm. and earn, and get me to where I want to go in yeah. retirement. 
<laughs> for sure. Like, so it's not Bitcoin. It's not. Um, it's not. You know, you know, a lot of different stock. It just doesn't have that boom potential, in my sure. opinion. It's got steady potential, so it's a safe play, and and that might be okay. That might be suitable for the Raiders. The situation they're at, they can do worse. The Cousins is a great example. Yeah. Same type of thing. Uh, these. That's what these franchises have to have. You know, it's a real different conversation. I have this discussion all the time. If you go back to a decade ago when we were talking about quarterbacks, and quarterbacks were viewed as like, man, nobody has them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's Brady, there's Manning, there's, you know, Rodgers or Favre at the time, whatever it yeah. was. There's a few of these guys and nobody else has them. Well, now you get fast forward and I think the quarterback position is being played better at every level than it's ever been played before. And I think there are more good quarterbacks than ever before. It's still hard to find elite quarterbacks now. Mm-hmm. Great quarterbacks. Unbelievable quarterbacks. That's still a hard thing to do. But I think it's much easier to not fail at the quarterback position for GMs and teams than ever before. And I think we're seeing an example of that. Ten years ago, you would take that steady play of Carr last year, Rosselsberger last year, Cousins over the last few years, and be like, wow, we're in the mix, right? We're in the mix. Mm -hmm. Now you're comparing two guys that changed the game. Mahomes is obviously leading the way. And so you have to wonder if you have one of those guys. Like it's, It's like being pretty good or good used to be, in my estimation, 10 years ago, used to make you a contender. Being pretty good and okay at the quarterback position makes you more of a pretender now. Yeah. Uh, unless you're just so good around that quarterback. But it's really changed because you could actually be just like below average mm-hmm. years ago with guys like Trent Dilfer if you were really good and still win. Yeah, you're not. Right? And one could argue maybe Joe Flacco as well. Well, yeah, he, yeah, he I mean, heated up but, during that time, yeah, but he, yeah. yeah, but no, that so I just think the quarterback, the the, it's changed. It's the hardest position to play, mm-hmm. but there's more good quarterbacks than ever before in my estimation, and so therefore our uh, standard goes up. Correct. Okay, the slide has changed, and so you have to be. Dang good, and, and Derek Carr. I don't know if he's dang so, good. I don't know if Kirk Cousins is. Cousins is weird because these numbers are so good, but for yeah, some reason he just can't win big. I think and he might never win big. Basically what you're trying to say here is that if you're an elite quarterback, top four, top five, there's a good shot year in and year out you're going to be a competitive team. And we're, we're going to be talking about you in the playoffs no and making doubt. a Super Bowl run. And that's if always been the case. Correct. If you're a meaty, how do I say me? If you're a tier Above two quarterback, average. yeah. If, you, if you're a tier two or tier three quarterback, if the teams around you, you can have success, but sustained success is another story, right? Like, I mean, I compare it to Blake Bortles. Now, Blake Bortles is probably a tier three quarterback or a tier four. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? But like, he had the guys around him. And what happened? They had sustained success for one year, and then that was done. But when you have guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. And maybe Josh Allen. Now you get the sense that year in and year out, we're talking about the playoffs. Now Deshaun Watson, obviously being the outlier there. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like the sixty-two, sixty-three percent completion percentage in four thousand yards used to be like, dang, that guy's having a heck of a year. Yeah, that's like an average year. That's standard. That's the standard. That's where you got to get your mind around. Like the really what Derek Carr had mm-hmm. was an average year in the NFL. Yeah. What what Ben had this year. 
was really for him below average, even with 33 and 10. Uh, what Kirk Cousins is doing is pretty average, but it's no longer considered like, holy cow. It just yeah. isn't. And I, the separation there is probably minimal. Uh, but are those guys is the question going to get to that level? I think that's uh, I, I don't have that answer as yes when I'm talking about Derek Carr, yeah. um, even Cousins. And like that's why I think Miami is in a little bit of a tough spot because I think a lot of people would bet against Tua right now being good, sure. but they're going to wait it out. Is the smart thing to do wait it out, or is the smart thing to reset it and go get competition and go get somebody that might be better because that's what you should always be trying to do? And what are we talking about right now with Matthew Stafford going to L.A.? L.A. is one of the favorite teams to go to the Super Bowl in the NFC. Why? Well, Matthew Stafford last year, pretty average numbers, even below average, 26 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Now, he had some injury problems, so yeah, keep that in games, mind yeah. as well. But like we get the sense that the Rams are going to take a step forward because what? They have who they have around Matthew Stafford. Right now he's got more offensive weapons. He has one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. So we get the sense that everything around Matthew Stafford is going to elevate that team and maybe have sustained success. Yeah, and he doesn't have to do as much. He doesn't have to carry the weight uh, because he's a little bit Cousins-esque in that sense. Mm -hmm. He's proven that he can't do it alone. Correct. That's one thing about Matthew Stafford. He can put up great numbers, but he's proven he can't win alone. Uh, and, And that's a lot to ask anybody. But a guy like Tom Brady's proven he can win you know, even when they're down, true. You know, he can he can he can elevate to such a level yeah. that you don't have to be superior in every spot, and you can still have a chance. I'd say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers as well. And Rodgers is like that. Yeah. Cousins has proven that we'll, he can't make you, up for certain deficiencies yeah. enough, and, and, you, and maybe that's too much to put on a guy. I'm just saying he's proven that he can't. But when you have Delvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and you know Kyle Rudolph back in his prime. Um, that makes things a little easier. Yeah, know, I would say, say so. Uh, I think Scott had dialed up Mike Mayock on Derek Carr, so why not just put a bow on this segment since Scott did all the work and hear from Mike Mayock. Obviously, I can't talk about anybody else's players, so I won't. I'll just talk about Derek, and I'm going to tell you the same thing I've told you guys the last couple of years, which is I think Derek Carr had his best year yet under John Gruden. Uh, I, I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and we couldn't be happier with him. And I tell you every year, I mean, we evaluate every position every year. I have no idea who, can, who, who might call me or who might not call me. So you have to do the evaluations both on your own players and every other player in the league. And you've got to stack your boards and understand what league value is all around the league. And we do that. But if you're asking me about Derek, I mean, I think John and I would both stand shoulder to shoulder and pound the table for Derek Carr. I tell you, that, that's pretty loud and proud right there. Yeah. I mean, when you say top quarterbacks in the NFL, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not paying much enough attention. Yeah. I just, I do see. I think your comparison to Cousins is kind of a good one. I could see the next four years for Derek Carr being very Cousins-like, mm-hmm. and in part, it might just be the Raiders' fault for not putting enough around him. But if you think Derek Carr, even with thirty and ten or thirty and twelve and 3,800 yards or 4,200 yards is going to get you to the promised land with Mahomes in your division and all these teams in the AFC. AFC? I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that's more promise for Jacksonville, again, because this guy's supposed to be special. <laughs> like, nobody's saying Derek Carr was going to be special. Nobody even thinks he's special. You can say he's good, but special isn't coming out of Mayock's mouth. True. You know, and, and what Guys like Mahomes, guys like uh, Russell Wilson, uh, guys like Aaron Rodgers, obviously Brady, 
when you say the word special, that gives you a chance, like you said, year in, year out, if yeah. you're that good. Now, if he can live up to that kind of hype and, and be special, he might give the Jaguars a chance year in, year out. Now, it might not be in 21, but going forward, yeah. year in, year out. And the better the Jags get around him, well, now you're talking about a team that's a perennial contender. That's why we're excited in Jacksonville. That's why people are excited because he's different than the Cousins, mm-hmm. than the Cars. He It feels that way, at least. It's expected to be that way. Well, and listen, if anybody really – like, take John Gruden, all right? John Gruden, like we talked about, he's he's the quarterback guru, right? Um, he thrives in coaching the quarterback position. I know this was a long time ago, but I believe it was back in 2002 when the Buccaneers won with him as the head coach, right? Yeah. Two sounds right. Yeah, it was around that time. But who was the quarterback then? It was Brad Johnson. Yes. Now, do we always talk about Brad Johnson as being one of the best quarterbacks of that era? I don't mention that at all. It was was Trent Dilfer-esque category, although Johnson was better than Dilfer. Now, once again... Johnson had a lot of guys around him. He had a fantastic defense. Uh, I wonder if, and I don't want to compare Brad Johnson to Derek Carr, but I think Gruden in his mind is like, okay, I, I've seen this before. I've seen this story before. We got to surround him with offensive weapons, which they've been trying to do, it seems like, in the draft. Darren Waller uh, being one of those guys the past couple of years. We build the defense up, and maybe we have a little, you know, regroup like we had back in 2002. Yeah, I don't even know who to compare Johnson win the Super Bowl and Delfer Delfer at the time and again those came within like a couple of years of each other. Yeah. So that was a little bit of an outlier to be those kind of quarterbacks and winning Super Bowls, you had to be so elite around them. Yeah. Um and well, defense carried the Simeon day. And Rice, Warren Sapp, I mean come yeah, on. Well and, and, and Derek Brooks Baltimore when Delfer did it, I had that defense, you know? True. So I, I don't I mean, Goff might have been almost the closest comparison to that when he went to the Super Bowl, depending on how you feel about Goff. Goff yeah. goes to the Super Bowl, carried by a defense, uh, carried by offensive an offensive coach, coach yeah. you know, carried that way. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't even know where I'd – like, I don't put Carr – like, I think Carr's a better quarterback than Dilfer mm-hmm. and Johnson and those yeah. guys. I do. Like, I think they're – I think Cousins is better than them. I'm trying to think of a quarterback in today's NFL and if they would even have a chance with his skill set and production – to win the way, like, I'd almost take like a Teddy Bridgewater. Is yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, and that might be unfair to Teddy Bridgewater, but let's just take him. Yep. Is, is Teddy Bridgewater good enough to win a Super Bowl even with a good team? In today's NFL, is he going to beat Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Is he going to beat the Rams defense? Is he going to beat Russell Wilson in Seattle? Yeah. Like, I just, just think the NFL has changed that I'm not sure you're getting away with that kind of quarterback winning a Super Bowl, even if you're good around him. So let me ask you this, though. Derek Carr or Jared Goff? Who are you taking? I would take Carr. You take Carr? I think I would take Carr too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most teams would. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think. Sure. <laughs> no, I, I, I think the sense is that if you put Derek Carr on the Rams, you get a better production than what Goff did. Well, and here, here's the one thing about that. And like, again, the, the NFL trust, if you will, those people making these decisions will look at a piece of paper and a check the boxer. And they might say Goff because he might check the boxes on some of the things, you know, way more than Carr. Yeah. Carr physically is not going to check a ton of boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I would take Derek Carr all day over Jared Goff. Yeah, I'm, I'm not opposed to that. All right, let's take a break. Uh, we come back. Angry fans in sports is a topic. Yes. There's a poll out about it. Yep. And how did Shaq do last night? We'll break how it was down. his debut? Success? Failure? 
I heard you talking about I'll it at the end of yesterday's show. He, you say it could have gone either way. He let's just say he left us with a lot of talk with a lot to talk about. All right. So we'll, uh, we'll tease it like that. We got that on the way. Uh, Smoothie King, our restaurant of the day, will give another gift card away coming up here on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Oh yeah. A lot of energy in here. You guys got some funky bumper music since my last time here. I was I thought this was you. I never hear this one from Coos. No. He's back. <laughs> He's hanging out. It's funny like when we come back on there we start talking, he goes to the window. Henry the Hornet. Henry the Hornet. I like that. We got Henry the Hornet in here. Henry the Hornet. We got a lot of uh, comments today on the YouTube channel. Oh yeah. Including Diesel Dad fifty four. I haven't checked the YouTube channel. It's his oldest daughter's birthday, turning six. He did not say her name, but happy birthday to oldest daughter, turning six. Right on. Little Diesel. <laughs> Little Diesel. That's Little right. Diesel. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Hmm. I love how Brett says it was in Jan's financial interest to play before he left Jax. Did he not see how much money Jan lost just to leave? <laughs> <laughs> I think Brent's way wrong. Watson will not play next year for Houston. I would put a lot of money on that. Uh, it's Chevy. good to see those burner accounts are coming through for me. <laughs> I was going to say. A lot of, <laughs> of Brent burner. Or I guess a lot of Austin Lane burners. But. Is that Ramsey's burner account on uh, YouTube? Yeah. What else are they saying here? I'm out here, too. Oh, by and, the way. Our, and Tim says Brent's always wrong on these kind of situations. <laughs> he often takes the front office side of the issue. Right. He can't see it from the player's Corporate point of view. front office show, Brent Martino. <laughs> you know what's funny? Who's yelled at me? So apparently we can't call it the ESPN 690 stream chat. It's just the ESPN 690 stream. So I, I got scolded for that. Why? Now, because everyone's calling it the stream. That's what the, 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 the hip stream is. And you got to lose the word chat. Now, here's the thing. When you go online and you watch us, what does it say? Like, what, what does the banner say? ESPN says, thank you very much. So I had this discussion with Coos. We're, we're going to work through it. But apparently I can't call it stream chat anymore. That's interesting. Yeah, even though it's called Stream Chat on our YouTube page. But it is what it is. We'll have to have him fix that. Yeah, We won't put that on you, Scott. No, I, Scott. This no, is the, I, that was set up before I got yeah, here. Scott, this isn't your fault, man. This is not on you. Nothing you could have done. Uh, you've got Diesel Dad fired up. Preach, Austin. I'm about to go train myself. See, I think he was talking about your fight back then. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sure it was about you, though, too, talking about training, how it's contagious. Yes. Maybe we, right. we got him involved as well. Cool. Uh, want to look dad, at me like and I'll, I'll inspire you. <laughs> TJ McConnell-esque, one would say. <laughs> See, I'm going to do my part for the team. I'm going to go carb load later. Let's go, Scott. Let's get it, man. Get that energy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Glenn says, Lawrence Leatherwood Wade, top three picks. Thoughts, Brent? Uh, oh, apparently I'm not involved in this one. I guess not. Uh, I it's like fine. the Lawrence pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've thought about Leatherwood. We'll, we'll see. I don't Great think name, they're going Brent. there. Great name. But I've thought about Sean Wade if you, because his draft is uh, stock has dropped. Yeah. He'd be an interesting one you, where you'd find potentially a lot of value based on what he was considered to be and is. Mm-hmm. He really had a shaky year. And so his draft stock has, you know, dropped for a reason. Yeah. But few people know him maybe better than Urban Meyer. That would be one to watch with all the picks they have. If he starts dropping like deeper into the second round, mm-hmm. they need help at corner. If they don't go get one, Sean Wade could be an interesting play. Young man from Jacksonville, yeah. Trinity Christian. Uh, I've thought about that in the past, so I think that's an interesting play. 
uh, if that were to happen. Thanks for all the comments, by the way, in the feed. I mean, I love it on the YouTube feed. I got to look at this more often during the show. I usually look at it after. <laughs> and it's too late. <laughs> Take notes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of folks were talking about all the, the basketball runs, though, in football and sure. basketball that people have made sure. uh, that we were talking about earlier in the show. Uh, I got to give away another uh, $25 gift card to Smoothie King. Let's do it right now. You all right, Scott? You ready? Bring them. 904-362-9901. Let's go caller number three. $25 gift card to Smoothie King. Smoothie mm. King, our restaurant of the day. Hey, if you want to be part of our restaurant revival tour, well, find me, search me, mm. email me, call me. Yep. Uh, you can be a part of it, just like Smoothie King restaurant of the day here on this Thursday. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Glad to have them on board as our uh, restaurant of the day here on Thursday. 904-362-9901. A $25 gift card to Smoothie King. Right now, if you give it a call on your caller, number three, uh, give Scott a call. Angry fans in sports. Are yes. you an angry sports fan? No, nah, man, I'm pretty casual. Now, once again, I did swear in front of my family when Blake Bortles threw like his third pick six of the season. And at that point, my wife thought who she married. So that was rough. But besides that, I'm pretty low-key and chill. Uh, angriest you can remember being, is that was that it? As a sport. I mean, come on, go back to your days. No, like I know. You're watching the Green Bay Packers. You're yeah. not allowed in the pickle at that age. <laughs> You'd, be somebody... You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Man, the... <sighs> nothing sticks out to me too bad about being the angriest. Um, yeah, I got nothing for you, man. I'm sorry. I'm... Well, I mean, I go back to, like, Buckner and... Oh, I can't imagine. I mean, it was, it was tough as, like, a nine-year-old. Yeah. Okay? That was, like, I didn't know how to act other than throw things at the yeah. TV and I mean it, it was bad uh, I remember one time though my mom always still tells this story and this was before the Buckner They the, the Red Sox against the Angels were down to their last out but mm-hmm. prior to that they had been losing and I'm down there I can picture right where I am what, uh, right like this green chair that we had in this living room and I'm yeah, like yeah. nine okay yeah, yeah. and I'm sitting there and I, I just give up on the game and I go upstairs I'm like done yeah they're losing. They're, it's the ninth inning. Well, turns out that game, 3-2, two, two outs, Donnie uh, Henderson. Yeah. Don Henderson hits a um, – I'm sorry, Don Henderson. Dave Henderson hits a home run to win it. On oh, wow. a, and I believe it was a 3-2 pitch as I remember it. I think yeah. I'm right on that. And then they go to the World Series, and then all the stuff happens with the Mets and yeah. and uh, the the um, Bill Buckner play. But my mom was like, always, she always reminded me of that growing up after. Like, see, don't give up. It's never over until it's over. So, you know, my mom, she's like the ultimate positive person. I never <laughs> give up. Don't do I mean, so, heck, Jags could be like four and eight. Like, oh, they still got a chance of the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember what happened against – remember the Red Sox in 1986? <laughs> To answer your question, though, and this just came to me, and I've talked about this incident before, but when Claude Lemieux cheap-shotted Chris Draper into the boards, because I, I remember this moment because obviously uh, I'm a diehard Wings fan, and I remember what I used to do back in the day was I'd have hockey practice. That'd be Colorado, so, right? Yeah, Colorado. It's Colorado-Detroit. And I remember when I had hockey practice, I'd have my mom or my stepdad tape on ESPN2 the hockey games. Well, that happened to be it was Detroit and Colorado that night. And I can't remember if I was if it was like a Saturday where I had to play a game or if it was a practice night. But I remember I got home, and I'm like, don't tell me who wins, don't tell me who wins. And I remember my stepdad goes, you're not going to be happy. That's all I'm going to say. So immediately I thought, like, oh, the Wings lost. But then as I watch the game and I see the cheap shot, and, like, to set the scene real quick, Chris, Chris Draper is essentially what Brad Meester was to the Jaguars. 
Um, wasn't the most popular guy per se, not the household name, but he did all the dirty work. He had longevity and he was well respected within that franchise. So when Claude Lemieux cheap shotted Chris Draper and put him in the boards, um, and you know, knocked him out and he had to be stretched out, like that was a big yeah, yeah. deal. Uh, and then the heart and soul guy. it was the heart and soul guy. So I remember watching that a lot. I mean, I didn't watch it live cause it was taped, but I remember watching it and like, I was, you, you would have thought like my only family members got hit. You yeah. Know? Like I was ready. Mom, we're going to Detroit. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I gotta defend Chris. Like I was, I was that emotional. Like, oh, exactly. So, but thankfully Claude Lemieux got his a la Darren McCarty, hence why I rock the Darren McCarty jersey to this day. Uh, well, Cooch shared this with us. A study analyzed posts uh, and reactions from more than a dozen sports yeah. to determine which one had the angriest fans on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, it's one of the calmest sports. Yes. Golf. It's crazy, man. And by the way, angry fans on Twitter, I mean, like, angry everything on Twitter, okay? Yeah. But are uh, you surprised with golf, though? Because think about it. That is surprising to me. I don't understand what the context of this was in. But There's not golf, a lot of fantasy golf. There is some betting in golf, but I feel like the outrage and like the, you know, like the real expletive laden tweets while we're on like players leaving a franchise, players, like, you know, not succeeding in fantasy yeah. football. Like I'll put football all day over but, golf. But, but even like well, here's the thing, though, man, football allows you an outlet. You've got somewhere to complain. You've got something to get excited about. You've got the big plays and the big moments. Golf's got a whole lot of calm maintenance. Yeah, it's and all that is up. is just a slow burn, man. Yeah, that's a that's a heavy pressure cooker waiting to explode. <laughs> but what like even in NASCAR, I feel like people like had a have like if you like Jeff Gordon, like you love Jeff Gordon and you hated other drivers. Correct. Right. Yes. Well, I don't. I know Phil and Tiger were like rivals, and like a lot of people wanted to see Tiger win, and Tiger won a lot. So how angry could you get over that? But if you're like a Rory McIlroy fan, like who do you hate? Like do you hate Dustin Johnson? So like yeah. if Dustin Johnson like makes a putt and Rory doesn't, you get angry. Like it's a weird thing. Like yeah. I don't see it. I don't find it. Now this one I do. Soccer is twenty eight percent second. Of course. That one I would. Yeah, I and would see. It's hard for us to comprehend it in the United States. Yeah, but I but see when the activity. Like, sure. Even from people that I follow that are soccer fans. Oh, yeah. Like worldwide soccer fans. Yeah. They get angry at the soccer stuff on Saturday. For sure. Uh, I always relate it to this. I forgot what year it was, but two countries were going against each other, and they are actually at war at the time. They stopped, like, they signed a treaty and called off the war while the soccer teams played each other. And then when the soccer game was over, back, back at, at it. it. Wow. What, what other? So I gotta look that up because I saw it on um, the Brian Gumble show. Okay, uh, uh, real sports. Yeah, yeah, real sports. That'd be a good real sports topic. Yeah. Uh, MLB twenty six percent. NFL comes in fourth. Boxing. Okay. I get it. I just don't know how many people are that passionate about it. But yeah. uh, NHL, Formula One, and competitive darts are tied at sixth. I'm done. Hey, Brent. <laughs> Weber. Brent. Weber. Brent. Are you listening Brent. down there Give in the honest. sports office? I'm Weber out. gets mad at the darts. I'm out. You know, you... Weber, on our trip to see Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence's hometown and, and Urban's hometown, yeah. he, he gave me, like, play-by-play of darts. Like, I had uh, more darts you, yeah, interaction than ever before. I'm gonna I be... was mad at him. Listen, who sent you this? Yeah. I'm going to need to see some some citations here of where this came from because you mean to tell me Stanley Cup playoffs in Canada and the states and even in Europe and Sweden and countries like that you mean to tell me they're not as they're as just as nuts as dart fans oh, look at this golf is number 1 among tweets with a quote wow reaction 11% oh. of golf tweets are classified that way it's tied with cycling Maybe after crashes uh competitive <laughs> darts is next at I'm 9% done. with the wow factor I'm done When's the last time you were on Twitter and you saw uh, anything darts trending? Never. 
Okay. Never. Okay, then. Uh, Speaking of upset fans, NBA fans share the most sad tweets. 38% are categorized that way. Sad. Like, why? (laughs) (laughs) And the sport with the happiest fans, that would be boxing. 37% of boxing tweets are happy. Soccer is next, 31, followed by golf at 23. So golf is either angry or... or (laughs) Or, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's some bipolar individuals there. The fans sharing the most love tweets, hard-eyed emoji style, is a tie between the <laughs> NHL and cricket. 58% of the tweets from those sports are all love. <laughs> Whatever, man. Where, where does, where does curling c- fall in this I list? I can't believe this be wrestling talk. I'm going to be honest where with you. Where does Coos come up with this stuff? Where does he find this stuff? And why don't we just start a polling station? Do like, you- whoever <laughs> ever checks... Like, whoever checks the polling? No, like, who would go back and do this? Dude, do you want to hear something crazy, too? We talked about this on the morning show today. <laughs> you talked about this topic? Yes. Did you really? I swear. I was and like, here we are again. It's like big news, I guess, and entertainment. Henry the Hornet. Henry the Hornet making a move. He, he ain't having it either. By he ain't believing these numbers. By the way, you, saved, you saved Henry the Hornet's life. I did, man. Earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. He ain't bothering anybody. Let no. him live. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, we talked about it as well. But like, I was quizzed. I, I know the article, so I was quizzed of what did I think this, the top sport was. And obviously, I said football. Soccer was next. Golf was no, not even close to being on my radar as the worst sport. <laughs> I know. I don't what, know what, what are we talking about? Uh, Daniel, uh, by the way, says on YouTube, sure, just skip over the masterful musings on Minshew, Brent and Austin. <laughs> With what? I saw some of the Minshew stuff. I just didn't get to it. Sorry, man. Well, what happened? Uh, I guess I missed well, it. some of the the comments about Minshew. Oh. I have to go way back. They're so deep down I mean, yeah, here. Yeah, Brent, you went to his hometown. A little more respect for Gardner Minshew, please. Uh, let's see. It said uh, I would keep Luton too, both on cheap. I think uh, Daniel was talking about keeping Minshew on as a backup, which I don't disagree with. Like I, no. I think that's what's going to happen. I think he's going to be here. I think why not? Yeah. So uh, well, now you've, you've also campaigned for Alex Smith a little bit. Yeah. I, oh. I. I, I no, go ahead. I don't know if I've campaigned. I think I can see the logic in it. Yeah. I could see Urban Meyer. You got to think like, try to think like they do. I don't know how they feel about Minshew, yeah. uh, but I do would suspect they'd feel pretty good about a guy like Alex Smith. So we had a question on Friday that was pointed towards you, and I said that next week we would talk about it. Then somebody on the on the stream wanted to know what is Brent Martineau's infatuation with Patrick Sertan. That that was the question on the chat. Oh, he goes, really? hey, Austin, can you explain? And I'm like, I'm going to let Brent answer himself. I'll do that when we come back. Uh, <laughs> let me think about That's it. That's a tease. Uh, we'll do that when we come back. I think he's uh, going to be maybe one of the studs of the first round. Yeah, you do. Uh, cornerback out of Alabama. We'll do that. And Shaq makes an appearance in the ring and breaks a table. Was it a success? We discuss on ESPN 690. Spoiler next. alert. <laughs> Dudley Boy's checks for this and royalties. Right? Now, listen, JR, one of the best to ever do it.
but why you don't go the tables have turned is beyond me because it was it was a big momentum switch right there when Cody took him to the table. Just saying. So but, that was Shaq last night. Yeah. AEW. How I uh, I heard you. Uh, I didn't. I wasn't here for the last segment, but I was listening on the way out. Yep. And uh, yesterday you said this could go really well for AEW, yeah. or it could sometimes blow up and be yeah. a negative. It thing. It could be like too much of a gimmick. Yeah. Yep. Well, what's the jury? Well, saying? I mean. In my opinion, I think a lot of wrestling fans share my opinion here. I thought it was a home run. Um, I thought you did the the perfect job of showcasing Cody Rhodes and not because okay, so it's a tag team match, right? Yeah. Shaquille O'Neal uh, and Jade Cargill, who actually played basketball here at JU, she was a basketball player and now she's a professional wrestler. Huh. By the way, sounds like a story. There's a fun fact, and then you got Cody Rhodes and Red Velvet, and Jade and Shaq ended up winning. But like the way that they won, I mean, it was more of the f- female aspect of you know that was the finish. The finish for the men was Cody Rhodes putting Shaq through two tables, and like that was the finish. So like it did a great job of showcasing you know Shaq's strengths, which is obviously is his strength, is his size. Um, Cody did a great job of selling all that stuff, and then the. Women did a great job of finishing the matchup. So I thought it was a home run. They didn't make Shaq do anything that he he couldn't do. Uh, they played to his strengths. And I think the ratings prove it here, Brent. AEW last night uh, brought in 934,000, you know, live, um, what would you call it, just live fans, I guess, watching the show. And NXT, who they're in direct competition with, with the WWE, only brought in 692,000. And there's actually rumors right now out of WWE that they actually might switch NXT to Tuesday night and let AEW have Wednesday night. Wow. How about that? That's just a rumor, though. Do you know how long it's been since Vince McMahon lost a TV wrestling war? Let's be honest, man. He doesn't like to lose either. It's been a long, long time. Yep. So... What does this mean for Shaq? So if it's well-received, it did a good job. It may even be a nice momentum shifter yeah. in the whole uh, pantheon of wrestling in of that course. battle that war that you're talking TV-wise. Does he do it again? Is he more of a so, part of it on a regular basis? Does he want to do that? Do they want to do that? Is this- Yeah. You know, it, it, it depends really on the schedule, right? Because Shaq still does the NBA yeah. and TNT. So, um, you know, schedule permitting. But the way that they left Shaq, they left it open-ended because they put him in, in the ambulance – Tony, or did they? Well, Tony Schiavone goes to interview Shaq from the ambulance, and all of a sudden Shaq's gone, and he's nowhere to be seen. So they left it open-ended. Could we sh- uh, see Shaq maybe this Saturday? I'm sorry, this Sunday uh, on the pay-per-view? Possibly. But I think we we're going to see more of Shaquille O'Neal for sure. Uh, I saw – give me the inside wrestling, okay? Okay. Because I see that on Twitter. Okay. Uh, the, the the stunt, if you will, the move. Yes. Uh, and – and like I said, we were talking about, are they pro athletes? The guy yeah. just went through a table, and he weighs like 300 pounds, and he's seven feet tall. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that says a lot. But then did you see his hand kind of tap him? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's telling Cody he's okay. So that just means he's okay. Yeah, That's yeah. what I thought. Yep. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the camera guy was uh, a little too close for that. Well, well no, 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 I, I mean, think I was like, more director. Director didn't cut away quick enough. No, for sure, for sure. And, like, listen, I mean, I'm not sure how many bumps like that Shaq has ever taken. I'm sure they they walked through it maybe once, not with tables, but just yeah, yeah. from that distance. But, I mean, that's a scary <laughs> thing. But as I think about it, that might, have, that might actually have been an intentional shot so that his agent didn't possibly. just have a heart attack right there. <laughs> that's very possible. And you don't know how that's going to feel. No. And the last thing you want is Shaquille O'Neal to get hurt on national television, on live national television so yeah he's just letting cody know that he's okay why between wrestling and buffalo bills fans why are tables going through <laughs> tables such a thing that and why don't you get hurt more 
Uh, like you think you'd get hurt so, going through tables. So, Why so it, truth be told, now the Bills fans do, but they're yeah. hammered. Well, and they're also like legit tables. Like not to take anything away from wrestling tables. I but know they're, they're, a little, they're a little more give to them. Little breakaway kind of thing. But at the same time, they actually help Shaq there because the, that's why there was two tables. So you think about it. If you fall through one table, yeah, some of your momentum is getting taken away, but your body is still falling at a very fast rate. Two tables obviously takes more momentum away, and from a guy that weighs almost 400 pounds, you need as much momentum taken away as possible. So that's why they use two tables. All right, I get it. Yeah, I think it's good. Good for Shaq. Good for listen. It's got me talking about it. There that's you go. exactly what it's supposed to be doing. There you go. Right. That's the most important thing. Absolutely, the casual wrestling fan like Brent Martin. Okay, so I answered the question uh, last last week. Why do why am I infatuated with Patrick Sertan? Yeah. Um, he, I understand he didn't play well against Florida. Everybody keeps telling me that. I don't want. I love the when the Jags, what the Jags had, okay, with Jalen Ramsey, is a guy that was huge, yeah, long, yep, can be physical, super athletic, six two two oh two, and the length that I see at least when I watch Sertan on on the on the field. Now, I don't know if the measurables will add up to that, but what my eyes say, I think. He has some of those kind of traits. I think that's some of the stuff you can't teach. I think also you're probably getting taught a hell of a lot at Alabama yeah. to play pretty well. I know not every guy that comes out of Alabama is great. I get that. But I think some of that adds up to be very good. And I'm telling you, listen, we're all in the predicting business when it comes to this. I think he is going to be a really good NFL player. Yeah. So, But I really just I love the length that he has, yeah. probably above everything else. No, I mean – Corners can come in, come in all shape and sizes. When you got guys like Jalen Ramsey, I'm reminded like Richard Sherman too. He's got that, that long, lean frame. Yes, Sertan definitely fits that mold. No doubt. All right, hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Make sure you check out Live Local Loud coming up next on ESPN 690. Scott, good to have you in, man. Appreciate it, fellas. See you soon. All right, we'll see you on TV as well tonight. CBS 47, Fox 30.